You're listening to The First Gen Coach. I'm your host, Carla Santamaria, a civic engagement professional turned mindset and career coach. As a first-gen immigrant, college grad, and corporate professional, I have experienced firsthand the many struggles and challenges that first-gen professional Latinas and women of color often face when navigating unfamiliar and unfriendly corporate environments. In this podcast, I will share insights for career success and will feature inspiring and successful first-gen women to share their journey and their stories. If you're ready to tap into a growing community of first-gen professionals, you've come to the right place. Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the First Gen Coach podcast. As a career and mindset coach, one of the most common questions I get is about salary negotiations. How much should I ask for? When should I ask for it? Is it too late? What if they take back the offer? Um, I don't think that they're going to say yes if I try to ask for a raise. So many different questions. And they are all valid. Because you know what? I don't remember ever having a class in high school or even in college, actually, or even in grad school about negotiating my salary. Never. This was something that I, I had to learn on my own. I had to, to build that skill. So today I want to talk about salary negotiations. But one of the things that very few people actually... I don't think I've ever heard anybody talk about this, which is why I want to talk about it today. It's that the first person that you have to negotiate your salary with is yourself. Whenever I get these questions about salary negotiations, the first thing I tell people is that you yourself must truly believe that you are worth the salary that you are asking for. And that takes a lot of work. I mean, especially as women, we know that the gender wage gap exists, especially as, as women of color. We know that, you know, the gender wage gap is also a racial wealth gap. And so it is normal to be reprehensive. It is normal to have fears, to have anxiety, to have all these, you know, thoughts of, of, of insecurity and, and nervousness related around salary negotiations. Um, but that is why, again, I'll say it again, that is why the first person that you have to negotiate your salary with is yourself. Now, let me tell you what I mean about that. To me, that means that you have done the research and you know found out what someone with your skill set with your experience, with your accomplishments, with the responsibilities that you have, education, certification, um, extracurricular knowledge, languages, so many things, your infinite skill set. We live in a capital society and that has been attributed a market value. So find the market value for your skill sets. And I'll be talking about that um, a little bit later on. But first I want to talk about my own experience with salary negotiation. So full disclosure, in my previous two roles, I had not, actually, I did not negotiate my salary. And you know what? When I was reflecting on that, I realized, wait a minute, in my previous role, I negotiated with myself. And that is why I didn't necessarily ask for more when I was offered um, the job. And that 
what I mean by that is I was, you know, as I've shared, I was in a, in a toxic work environment, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, and I realized that I was being underpaid. Well, as I started to look for a job, I, you know, found the number sort of, you know, uh, not just through market research, but actually I don't even think it was through market research. And I really think about it. It was just such a toxic environment and I was moving and I didn't want to drive to the office because everybody was driving to the office. I was like, no, I gave myself a number and I said, this is my walkaway number. And in so doing, I accidentally convinced myself that that is what I was worth. I accidentally convinced myself that that was enough and that any offer that came at that number or above that I wouldn't even negotiate it because it's like, well, that was my walk away number. And so that is what ended up happening. I, the number that I had in my, in my head was actually a number that I was offered. And I said, yes, I accept. Not immediately. I kind of stumbled through it. I hadn't practiced. I've learned to, to forgive myself and to have grace with myself for, for that. There was, like I said, Um, I had a lot of pressure of leaving the toxic work environment. And as I also said, I had accidentally convinced myself that that number was enough. So, you know, so I guess first tip of the day is to set your expectations high. I know people talk about, you know, setting your expectations low so as not to avoid, you know, so if you set your expectations low, you'll avoid disappointment. We're not about that. Okay. Society has low expectations for us. Society has low salary for us. It's why the wage gap exists. No, set your expectations and your standards high. And so we'll talk a little bit more about how to truly believe that that is what you're worth. So that was my previous rule. I had negotiated with myself and I didn't call it that at the time, but what I did know is that I convinced myself that my walk away number was enough when technically, actually not technically, it was literally way too low. Um, so that is the the first thing. And I actually had a lot of shame around not having negotiated that. And especially because I had helped multiple friends get raises. And then I opened my career practice, my career coaching practice, and I helped multiple clients get raises. And then it's like, how can I help other people when I didn't help myself? And so, you know, like I said before, I learned to have grace with myself and to to forgive myself and, and to really learn from that experience. Um, previously, uh, before I, I joined the, the previous workplace, I was offered a job to, and I, it would have, it, the job was in DC and I would have had to relocate and they offered me a number and it was way lower than actually it wasn't way lower. It was just a little lower than what I had told myself that I needed. And so I shared that with her and I was like, I need, you know, I need, I need this amount. And she said, all right, we'll see what we can do. She came back. She met me halfway. Um, Ultimately, I did not accept that because it required relocation. And I just, it just wasn't enough uh, of a paycheck to relocate. And so again, in reflecting on that experience, I realized that I had negotiated that number with myself first, that I had negotiated, hey, if I'm going to accept a job, I mean, if I'm going to relocate, it needs to be this amount. And they didn't get there. And so I didn't accept the job, even though as, as much as I wanted it, as much as I thought it would have been great. Um, I just was trying to make a budget and I was just like, no, I, I won't be able to 
to live the life that I want to live with that salary. So I did not accept it, ended up accepting a different offer. So that was a few years ago. Now, as some of you may know, I recently accepted a new role. I was able to successfully negotiate 20 person more than their initial offer, uh, which is kind of like looking back, I was like, whoa, did I actually just do that? And I did. I did just do that because I spent a lot of time preparing for it. I didn't wait until the job interview to start, you know, start preparing for salary negotiations. No, salary negotiations is something that I had been preparing for for months. And when it, you know, when push came to shove, I had, I was able to lean back on all the preparation that I've been doing for months. And so that's what I want to encourage you to do. Um, through that experience, you know, I, I learned, as I said before, that the, the most important person that you're going to negotiate your salary with is yourself. Because if you don't believe that you are worth that salary, then neither will the person that you're talking to. All right. Now, how can you get to the place where you believe that you are worth the salary that you are asking for? Now, first of all, nobody can put a dollar amount on your worth. Your worth is intrinsic. Your worth is not determined by your paycheck or your net worth or any of that. Um, but your skill set, on the other hand, we live in a capitalistic society and your skill set is given a market value. So that's what I want to talk about when I say like your worth is really like the market rate that our society has attributed to the specific skill sets and experiences and accomplishments that you bring. So I guess the second thing I want you to get out of today is that your worth is not tied to your salary. Hopefully you know that, but just in case anybody needs to hear it, I'll say it again. Your worth is not tied to your salary. When we're talking about when I'm talking about salary negotiations and when I hear the phrase, you know, like know your worth or pay me my worth, I'm talking about the worth that my skill set has, you know, the, the market rate for my skill set in this current job market. All right. So your worth is intrinsic. Nobody can take it away, but your skill set is what we're talking about. So just so you know, if I use worth, that's what I'm talking about um, in this episode. So um, all right. So first things first, market research, how to do market research. First, look up similar titles. Like, let's say you're a project coordinator. So look at project coordinators in your industry. Look at what the salary rate is going for that, especially if you've been at your role for more than one or two years. I mean, this is a very hot, hot job market right now. Salaries have increased, starting salaries have increased and current salaries for current employees, not so much. You know, some companies do adjustments, great companies do adjustments, but most companies don't. So if you haven't looked at what the starting rate is for someone in your title, make sure you do that. So that's first things first. Um, in addition to your title, you can also look up jobs that have similar duties. So maybe your project, your title is project coordinator, but you've been at that role for a few years and that role has involved and you realize that you're really doing more of a project manager role. Then guess what? Then you should be making what a project manager makes. You should be moving on to a project manager role and get an appropriate project manager salary. All right. So 
similar titles, similar duties, now requirements. This is the other thing, especially if you're switching industries, sometimes um, different companies, different industries call things different things. So project manager at one company or at one industry may be something completely different at a different industry. And so you need to look into that. And what I mean by that is looking at the duties, you know, so let's say you are a project manager, but you actually lead a team, you know, you lead a coordinator and you lead, um, multiple coordinators even, and you lead uh, interns and you uh, do some other experience within your team, within other project managers. So actually that might look like a director or associate director role or a senior project manager. And so make sure that just because your company calls you one thing, that's not necessarily what the market is willing to pay, you know, for, for your, for your title, for your responsibilities, for your duties. Um, and then lastly, look at the requirements. Let's say that you have five or six years of experience and you're realizing, Hey, wait, five or six years of experience. That's mid senior level. I shouldn't still be looking at this entry level job. Um, and there is a lot of debate around what constitutes entry level. To me, entry means entry in the beginning, zero to two years of experience, zero to one years of experience. If a company says entry level and they require three to five years of experience, run. Because that is a way that the company is saying, hey, we actually are going to underpay you because we are lowering the title of your experience. Anybody that's been in the field for five years is not entry level. All right. So just to recap uh, the market research, so find out what similar starting pay is for, for similar titles, similar duties, similar requirements, similar experiences, similar level of certification and education. And that is regardless of whether or not you have a degree. Um, I've heard some people say, oh, well, I don't have a degree, so I didn't think I could make that much. If you have equivalent experience, lean on that. Your experiences are your strengths, all right? And just so that you all know that self-doubt doesn't go away. I've had people with zero degrees tell me, I wish I had a degree and so that I could make more money. I've had people with bachelors tell me, oh, but I don't have a master's. I actually just heard someone who graduated, um, recently graduated in May, and somebody said, what degree did you get? And she said, oh, it's just a bachelor's. And I was there thinking, what? What do you mean just a bachelor's? No, it's not just a bachelor's. It's a college degree. Celebrate it. All right. And then again, I've heard women with master's degrees saying, oh, but it's not a PhD. Oh, but it's not a JD. Oh, but it's not an MBA. So please, 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 please get it out of your head that you are not enough. Get it out of your head that you need some sort of external credentialing to tell you that you are worth something. As I said before, your worth is intrinsic and nobody can take it away. Your skill set has a market rate and you deserve to be paid for that market rate, for those skills. You deserve to be paid the market rate for those skills, which actually brings me to my next point about how to truly believe the salary that you are asking for. And that's affirmations. So once you have 
all this market research, when you looked at different roles across different industries, I remember when I was doing this for myself, I saw it was associate director of diversity, equity, and inclusion. I think it might've been like the ACLU or I don't remember, but it was like a large nonprofit and the pay was something like 90 K and so because it's a nonprofit, the pay is a little lower. And I remember thinking, yeah, they're looking for an associate director or a director, whatever it was, but they only require a master's and five years. And at that point, I already had a master's in eight years. I was like, huh, according to this job description, I'm qualified for this. And that's sort of how I started my own understanding of, wait a minute, these are my, my my years of experience. These are my accomplishments. These are my educational certifications and background. This is what the market rate says. Um, and so that's, again, step one. But here's the thing. So that was in the public sector. In the private sector, I saw project manager roles or like program manager for diversity, equity, and inclusion, you know, five um, uh, bachelors in five years. And they were also paying 90K. So again, different industries. I mean, so even if you're doing sort of like, you know, if you're doing marketing, whether you're doing marketing for a law firm or where you're doing marketing for a school system or where you're doing marketing for, um, you know, a fintech company, whatever it is, the skill set is marketing. So the skill set is marketing, but the industry is different. So when you're looking at the, at the pay, make sure that you focus your skill set. You're searching by your skill set and not necessarily um, by the industry. Um, all right. So again, so that's a little bit more market research, but affirmations. As I said before, your skill set has a market rate and you deserve to be paid that market rate. And that's actually, um, I'm going to do something that's kind of very vulnerable, but I feel called to do it. Um, I am going to share some of the affirmations that I wrote as I did my market research. And so, okay, so I'll read a few. There will always be someone willing to pay me at my market rate or higher. There are limitless opportunities to do what I love. And in parentheses, that is help people because I, no matter what I'm doing, I will always be helping people. Um, and actually, if you've ever had a call with me or been in one of my workshops, you'll know that one of the limiting beliefs that I've had is that if I wanted to help people, I needed to be in a low paying job. Um, and that took a lot of work and untangling and figuring out how to, where that belief came from and, and how to get, you know, how to undo that belief and create a better belief. Um, and affirmations are one of those things. So I'll read the full statement. Uh, there are limitless opportunities to do what I love, which is help people, and to be paid a salary of my market rate or higher. I am an asset to any organization. Uh, my skills, knowledge, cultural competency, work ethic, and attention to detail tremendously help any organization. All right, and the last one is, the current market rate is a starting point of what I deserve to be paid. So I'm going to highlight a few. So I'll read three of them. There will always be someone willing to pay me at my market rate of hire. There are limitless opportunities to do what I love and be paid a salary of my market rate or higher. The current market rate is a starting point of what I deserve to be paid. And I, 
I look at these and, and I wrote these down um, several months before I accepted a, a job offer. And that is how, after doing the research, because I am, I am a data person, I cite my sources, I printed out job descriptions that match my experience and that match my level of education and that paid, you know, like way more than I was making. And so that's, that is how I became to the place where I truly believed that the salary that I was asking for was totally fair and, or not even, I mean, maybe fair isn't the right word. Uh, maybe realistic isn't the right word, but that I deserved it, that I had earned it. I knew what I brought to the table. And it was that knowledge that I know what my skill set is worth. I know what my work ethic, like I know, I know what I bring in, in terms of like work ethic, in terms of cultural competence. I know what that can contribute to an organization. And so it's knowing these things. So first do your research. So part of it is do the research and get that like logic based data driven. Yes, this is what I need to be making, but then also do the mindset work, the affirmations, you know, um, because there are so many other things that can get in the, in the way and can block us from truly believing that we deserve to be paid what we are worth. So those are three of the affirmations that I wanted to share with you. And then the last thing that I'll leave you with is this, you must be willing to walk away. All right. And this is not just in terms of salary negotiations, but in terms of the non-negotiables in your, in your career or in the kind of job that you're looking for. If you are interested, I mean, okay, I'll make an easy one. If you're interested in working remote and the company says, come to the office, you know, you must be willing to walk away. Or if you are, um, let's see, or if you're someone who values a lot of professional development and the company says, oh, well, you're going to have to do that on your own because, you know, you're, you might have like a really heavy caseload and there's not a lot of room for improvement. They probably won't be so transparent as to say that, um, but you can read between the lines. And if you kind of see that it's a company that's not aligned with your values, then run. So, or, you know, not run, but also kind of just walk away. I think walking away is a lot more powerful than the idea of, of running. So, you must be willing to walk away from a low ball offer, but also you must be willing to walk away from an opportunity that is not aligned with your values and with what you value in your career, what you hope for in terms of growth. Um, so I guess to, to wrap up, I just really want to really reiterate the fact that the first person you're negotiating the salary with is yourself. You need to tell yourself until you believe it that you deserve to be paid whatever amount that you're looking for. Because if you go in and you talk to your boss and you ask for an amount and you don't truly believe it, then you, you then your boss is not going to believe it either. Um, or you know what? Or maybe they believe it and they're just not your ally. Then go back to the walking away part, right? Then maybe it's time to, to look for an organization where you are properly compensated. Um, all right. And also I did want to just add uh, with the walking away, uh, I got an offer and it was more than I had ever made in my life. But you know what? That's because I've been underpaid my entire career. And I didn't know this until about 
14 months ago. Um, and I, again, I, I've shared that story about how Latina Equal Pay Day changed my life and it led me to realize that I was being underpaid. And so the fact that I've been underpaid in my career has sort of like fueled this fire within me to close the Latina wealth gap. So not just the, the wage gap, but the wealth gap. And that's why I talk about career advancement and career development as a way to build wealth. Um, so again, even though it was an offer that was more than I'd ever been offered, I knew that that's because I'd been underpaid, all right? And I wasn't going to let someone use my previous salary history to discriminate, um, you know, to, to perpetuate wage discrimination. And so I woke up in the morning knowing that I wouldn't accept lower than what I had internalized. And that's the energy that you have to also embody. Um, a friend of mine asked me, oh my God, how did you get them to go up? And I told her, I just asked because I, I did. And when I said that, I thought that was the truth. I just asked, but it wasn't, that's not the whole truth because I didn't just ask. For months, I had done market research on what someone with my education, experience, and accomplishments should be getting paid. For Duns, I had done market research on what I should I should be you know I should be getting paid. For months, I had written affirmations, and guess what? I had also wrote affirmations that morning. Like affirmations are so 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 powerful. Um, so that is how I want to wrap up. You deserve to be paid the market rate or higher for your skill set. All right. If you don't feel good about the phrase, you know, like, you know, pay me my worth, which I, like I said, I don't really feel good about it because it's, it's not, um, you know, your worth is intrinsic. It doesn't have a monetary value. Your worth is incalculable. Your worth is infinite. Your worth is limitless. Um, so it's like, pay me my worth. There's, there's just no amount that could ever capture something that cannot be monetized. Even in my affirmations, actually, now that I look about it, I always talk about my skill set because my skill sets deserve to be paid as salary on par or higher with the market rate. So again, when you are writing your affirmations, when you're doing your, your market research, it can help to sort of do like a third person type thing. You know, like when your market research is like, oh, well, I have all of all of these accomplishments that I bring to the table and that I offer. And so these accomplishments are given this, you know, like this salary. And and that might help. I mean, it's it's truly again what helped me. So to wrap up, I just want to remind you that salary negotiations begins with negotiating with yourself. All right? And if you don't know where to start, start with the market research, start with the steps I outlined previously. And once you have a number, once you understand what the market is paying for your skill set and accomplishments, then write affirmations. And if you are someone who has trouble with affirmations, then you can just do what I did and talk about the skill set. The market rate for someone with my skill set is X, Y, or Z. You know, and I have that. The current market rate is a starting point of what I deserve to be paid. You know, then it's just a, a math equation. You're just looking for alignment of what the market rate is. And when you think about your skill set in terms of the market rate, then that makes it a lot easier to really know. It makes it a lot easier. Um, and it, it gives you 
this sort of empowerment to negotiate because you've already negotiated with yourself. You already know what it is that your skill set is worth. So when it comes to negotiating with an offer, you know not to accept the first offer. All right. And so that's what gives you confidence, market research and affirmations. It's always, and this is actually something that is aligned with my entire coaching philosophy. My philosophy is mindset and strategy. So in this case, the market research is a strategy and the affirmations are the mindset. Um, all right. That is all for today. Um, if you have any questions, I'm all, always uh, a DM away. So please let me know. I am so grateful that you spent this time with me and just let me know. I want to hear about your salary negotiation experience. I want to hear about your market research experience. I want to hear what affirmations you tell yourself um, as you prepare to negotiate. Uh, Let me know. And until next time, bye-bye.